Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. John, the fourth chapter. Uh, when we look at this scripture, those of you, may of you, many of you might not know this story, but we find that Jesus showed up. Hey, John, Rick. Jesus shows up, and uh, when he shows up, uh, he comes here, and he, we find out that uh, some of the people are having a conversation uh, that John was baptizing more people than Jesus. Uh, they were trying to make a competition between Jesus and John. Uh, Jesus would not participate in that competition because when you know who you are, you don't have to compete with anyone else. Uh, when you know what God has assigned you to do, you are happy just to stay in your lane. Uh, you don't have to worry about what anybody else does. So Jesus was not concerned about what John was doing. He celebrated what John was doing because that was uh, John's assignment and Jesus knew what his assignment was. As Jesus went through that, uh, it says that he went through Samaria to a place called Sakar. Um, as he got there, he went to this particular well, which was known as Jacob's well. He sat there uh, because once scripture says that he was tired. Uh, Jesus showed his humanity. Uh, he was divine, but he was also human. Uh, so Jesus in his divinity uh, was walking around doing miracles and speaking to dead things and they were coming to life. But in his humanity, Jesus got tired. For those people who don't think uh, that you get tired, I want you to live long enough and sometimes you will get tired. Tired of many things. Uh, sometimes when you're ministering, scripture says virtue comes out of you. Uh, meaning sometimes those of you who are caregivers and those of you who pray for people and cover people who oftentimes don't want to pray for themselves. Uh, sometimes it is tiring to cover people and tiring to be able to lift up people. That's why I appreciate you today for what you've done for me. You poured back into me and I really appreciate that. Jesus sat down and when Jesus sat down, it says that a woman also came to where Jesus was sitting. A woman came to where Jesus was sitting and when she came to draw water, it says that she asked Jesus, well, Jesus says to her, give me a drink. Jesus says, because his disciples had gone into the, to the place and Jesus, the woman responds to Jesus and she says, how are you asking me for a drink? You're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan and we don't deal with each other. And this is where I want to paint this picture today for many of us. Uh, many of us, I want to paint one, three points of how many of us come to Jesus. Uh, maybe not you, but myself, how we come to Jesus. And, and I want to talk from her perspective. And then I want to talk from Jesus perspective. Uh, when I look at movies and when I look at different books and when I look at different scripts and me uh, being a thespian, I didn't say I was, a, I didn't put an L there. I said thespian, meaning I love theater. Um, I loved uh, acting. I want to clear that up for anybody who left out and said, how, who? Uh, I'm thespian. I love the arts. I love to, to act and I love those different things. And uh, we always want to know who is the person who's speaking and and I thought about this and when I looked at this scripture, I've heard it preached many times and it's hard to preach Caesar messages that many people have preached themselves or have heard. But I want you to uh, indulge me for a second because when I look at this scripture and I see that this woman came to the well. Um, the first thing I think about when I come to Jesus uh, or when you come to anything, the first way we come to anything is because of what we heard. Uh, the woman came to the well because she heard there was water there. 
Uh, what's interesting about what she heard is that it says Jacob's well, which meant that the well had been there for generations, which, meant, which means uh, that the well had served many people before her. Uh, there are many of us who come to Jesus not on our own accord, or we don't come to church or, or come to this engagement on our own accord, but because it has served many people before. So we come based on what we heard. So this woman came to the well based on what she heard. Jacob's well was there. Jacob was, was someone who had come before her. But over in the New Testament, something that had served a generation uh, has served previous, many generations after. You want to make sure, this is the lesson in that, you want to make sure that you have something that can transcend you. You want to make sure that you have something. You don't want something that's just a good feel or something that's a goosebump. You want to make sure that what has happened or what has been meaningful for, to you will be meaningful to your children and meaningful to your family. Uh, many of you who came to Growth Point, many of you who came to this building, is not because you met me or not because you saw a flyer, but because you heard uh, a message from somebody else or, or you've seen a change in someone else. If there's anybody in the room right now who you can attest to somebody in your life, life that you've seen change as a result of experiencing growth point and experiencing God in this building can we give God a shout of praise just because I'm, I'm grateful for what I heard and what I heard is true this woman came here uh, based on what she had heard and, and oftentimes based on what we hear uh, our hearing often then moves into our thinking uh, she heard uh, that Jesus, and I want to paint this picture really quick, because she heard that there was well, that there was water there in the well. So she came there, uh, but then the scripture goes on and says, and Jesus said to her, if you knew who it was who's asking you uh, to, to give me a drink, uh, you would be asking me uh, if you knew who I was. Uh, she says, uh, but, but how can you be asking me for a drink when you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan? And her thinking was, don't miss this part, her thinking was was that uh, you only deal with certain people her thinking was Jesus is for you but he's not for me or salvation is for you but it's not for me or or change is for you but it's not for me I don't know if any of you all have experienced a type of life like that or experience where you felt like um, it was good or change could happen for everybody else or opportunities could happen for somebody else but it couldn't happen for you and her thinking was what was shaping her and to even build on her thinking Jesus even says to her uh, Go call your husband. Um, those of you who don't know the story, uh, scripture says that uh, she responds and says, um, I'm not married. Um, and Jesus said, uh, the one I'm with, um, is he, Jesus responds, he says, yeah, the one you're with is not your husband either. Uh, which she thought that that meant that Jesus was trying to judge her and show her what she was not. And if you would really tell the truth, there are many people who do not want anything to do with church or anything to do with, with God or anything to do with preaching or anything to do with streaming because they feel like it is a judgmental thing. Uh, that all preachers do and all ministries do is sit there and judge you and call out what you're not and where you're not. And what you have not done and what you have not overcome and, and how you have not. And I don't know if anybody would be real truthful. Uh, if we were all truthful, all of us have felt some sense of judgment from somebody oftentimes related to church. Um, sometimes the judgment is not based on sin. Sometimes the judgment is based on you don't do it like I do it. 
You don't dress like I dress or you don't act like I act or 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 there are some people I've even learned in pastoring it five years of doing this and five years of being a church. Um, there have been some changes that have happened in me, uh, but sometimes the change that happens in me has not always happened in other people. So what that means is there are some things that I used to respond to in year one and year two that I don't respond to in year five. But sometimes people will leave you where you used to be and they won't allow you to grow beyond that because they're still stuck at where you used to be. So some people are still waiting on you to clock and give them attention like they used to. But I believe what Medea says when people show you who they are, believe them. So you don't have to give, I, there are certain things that don't deserve my respect or attention anymore because I have, you have shown yourself to be what you are and I choose to grow. Somebody holler out, I choose to grow. But her thinking was that when Jesus called that out, she felt like Jesus was calling it out to shame her. So she came to Jesus based on, she came, excuse me, came to the well based on what she heard, that there was water there. Uh, then she met Jesus there. Uh, she got there and then she thought her thinking made her feel as if he was there to condemn her. Uh, when her condemnation came, that then led her to her perceptions or to what she perceived. A lot of times your thinking shapes your perceptions. Perception, the word perception means uh, your understanding. Because later on, scripture says that she went on and she says, I perceive that you are a prophet. Meaning no one would know what I have done unless you are a prophet. Uh, you must be a prophet. And then she goes on to say, our fathers worshiped on this mountain. Uh, this is how we worship. Uh, and we used to go through different rituals and we used to go different, do different things. And Jesus responds to her and he says, uh, yeah, you might have worshiped here and you might worship there, but there's an hour coming where it won't matter what your name is or what you associate with or what church you go to or, or how you worship or what you look like. But there's an hour coming and now it's here where the father is seeking those people that will worship him and that they will worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, someone holler out in the room, say he's looking for me. He's looking for me. He's looking for people that will worship him still today. In spirit and in truth. So this woman, her perception, I'm now going on to Jesus. Uh, thing. So this woman came to the well based on what she thought, what she heard. Heard that there was water there. That water had served there for many generations. So she came there based on what she heard. And then her, her hearing then led her to thinking, thinking that when she got there. Have you ever heard something was good? Then you got there and your experience was different than the experience of others? So she got there based on knowing there was water, but then she heard that Jesus was there, but her experience based on his interaction with her was judgment from her thinking. And her thinking shaped her perception to say uh, that this is not going the way I thought it was supposed to go. And based on her perception, her perception was causing her almost to miss a moment. And I want to speak to you before I get to Jesus real quick. There are some of you, the reason that you're not having God encounters is because of your perception of him. Uh, it's not the music. It's not the man of God. It's not me. What you know about me. It's not, not the streaming buffering. Your perception is shaping your reality. 
and your perception and your reality is causing you not to have a God encounter. Uh, but I want to speak to your perception today. God is looking for spirit and truth. And you're going to have to let go of your perception in order to get to the truth. I want somebody to just put your hands on yourself right now and say, let go of your perception. Just let go of your perception. What that means is what you think is true might not be. Even though that well, even though that well, uh, that, that Jacob's well was there for generations, sometimes you've been in generational error. Uh, because she thought it, uh, she thought that the that the well was more important than Jesus. Uh, she thought that the, the denomination, she thought that the name, she thought that the, that the order of service was more important than the person who was sitting on the well. Uh, sometimes your generational perception, sometimes things that you've been introduced to, some things that you've seen and, and some things that you've been revealed and some things that you've been exposed to is the only thing that's blocking you from truth. Uh, sometimes your perception has turned a lie into a truth. Uh, you have perceived things so long that you have now de developed a relationship with a perception that's not even true. Uh, so now your perception has made you believe something and live in something and buy in something and walk around in something that's not even true. And you can't get delivered because of your perception. Uh, so, so that was the woman's. It was a woman's thing. That was, that was her side of the story. Uh, now, when I flipped the script, someone said flip the script. Uh, when I flipped that script and I looked at it from Jesus' perspective, uh, Jesus comes to the well. Uh, uh, help me preach. Jesus comes to the well because he was tired and he sits down. Sits down at the well and when he sits down he sits down not just because he's tired But he sits down because he knows wherever he is somebody's coming Jesus sat down at the well not not just because he was tired and he sat down at the well in, in Symbolism because he knew that if he sat near water somebody would first come thirsty uh, he sat by the well help me preach Jesus he said I'm going to sit at the well because I know if I sit here long enough somebody who's thirsty somebody who's parched somebody who has a need is eventually going to show up and I want to know is there anybody in the room right now who's got a thirst is there anybody in the room who came to Jesus anybody in the room who came to church today because all week long you've been drinking Kool-Aid all week long you've been drinking lies all week long you've been drinking drama all week long you've been drinking narcissism system all week long you've been drinking all people's issues and you came to the well today because you were thirsty for Jesus if there's anybody thirsty in the room lift your hands open up your mask mouth and say I'm thirsty Jesus said if I sit here long enough somebody's gonna show up who's thirsty Jesus knows that wherever he shows up he draws people that's how I got to Jesus because he drew me that's how I got to Jesus because he drew me is there anybody in the room who got drawn it's not that you weren't drunk but he drew you it's not that you weren't high but he drew you it's not that you weren't it's not that you didn't have a record but he drew you he drew you in spite of your issue he drew me because I was thirsty so he came to the well because he knew there was a woman who was going to come who was thirsty. 
He knew 2015 that there had to be a church that was established because God was going to send people who was thirsty. He knew that I had to be dropped so that I can pick up drop people. He knew that I had to go through all different types of issues and I had to go through different type of church drama because God was going to send somebody who was thirsty. God was going to send somebody to the well. And if God sends you thirsty, give God glory because he quenched your thirst. He'll draw you. He'll draw you. One scripture says to Jeremiah, by loving kindness has he drawn me. He didn't draw me by he didn't draw me by guilt. He didn't draw me by condemnation. He didn't draw me by religion. He didn't draw me by denomination. He didn't draw me by choirs. He didn't draw me by worship teams. He didn't draw me by speaking in tongues. He didn't draw me by the Holy Ghost and fire. He didn't draw me on a Sunday. Matter of fact, he drew me on a Saturday. Matter of fact, he drew me at the club. Matter of fact, he drew me when I was having an abortion. Matter of fact, he drew me in the midst of a divorce. Matter of fact, I don't know what you are, but somebody say, he drew me. He drew me. Preach, Mario. I think I will. He drew me. He drew me. That's why Jesus sat down. Because he knew somebody was coming that was going to be drawn. Jesus always knows where to find you. Sometimes your routine tells his own story. Because the woman came because it was Jacob's well which means she had a generational routine this is what we do and this is how we've done it and this is how the family does it and this is what the family always does and this is how we always meet and this is how we always dress and we don't deal with these type of people we only deal with these type of people you got to know this is how the family operates and this is how denomination operates and this is how the church is supposed to be set up and Jesus will draw you sometimes from your routine drew her based on routine cause thirst will always draw you some of y'all been doing routine but you're thirsty some of y'all been going through the ritual but you're thirsty some of y'all been playing church but you're thirsty some of y'all been showing up but you're thirsty some of you streaming right now you're streaming but you're thirsty some of you are so tired of, of sick and tired you're, you're tired of critiquing people you're tired of talking about people you're tired of being messy you're tired of being guilty you're thirsty you're thirsty you're thirsty and I came to make an announcement today Jesus is coming to a well near you Jesus is coming to quench your thirst if you you're ready open your mouth and say I'm ready quench my thirst Jesus he drew her he drew her based on need she needed something she came for one thing but he gave her something else uh, came to the spot what Jacob's well was and the next thing is Jesus doesn't just meet us based on draw then Jesus hooks us based on desire Jesus said if you knew who I was you would ask me to give you a drink she thinks water can only come from one place uh, she thinks that water can only come from one spot she thinks that water can only operate in a certain way 
But her desire said, I remember uh, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost in 19, at age 19. And uh, I remember uh, somebody came to me and they said, they said, you know what? You don't have a clue who God is. I remember calling my mama and I said, somebody told me, you know how we do, we want to tell, call mama. And I said, mama, somebody told me I don't know God. She said, they must not know you're a son of a preacher. They must not know your granddaddy is a deacon. They, they must not know that, that, that you have been directing choirs since you were 12. They, they must not know you've been playing the piano since you were nine. They must not know uh, that you got a routine down. They must not know that you're a church attender. They don't know it. And I got off the phone. I said, right, mama, they don't know. They don't know me. <laughs> don't laugh, Kenan. They don't know me. That night in my dorm room, for many nights, I couldn't sleep. Because I wrestled from what my well was telling me. Versus what Jesus was trying to draw out of me. I wrestled in my bed. I wrestled in my dorm room. I wrestled with my denomination. I wrestled with my religious structure. I wrestled with what I thought I knew. And at some point I said, but my desire is to really know you. I might know the well, but do I know the well? I might know location, but do I know relationship? Do I know you for real? And I said, God, if I don't know you, I want to know you. I had a need. I had a need. But in order for him to tell me truth, I had to tell him truth. Some of you have missed steps. You want Jesus without telling the truth. You want an encounter without telling the truth. But here comes truth. Jesus said, go call your husband. Y'all remember that part? She thought he was judging her. Jesus said, I'm not judging you. This is something I saw, Caesar, that I never saw before. Shane, I saw math. I'd never seen this before. And I looked and historians say, we've been preaching it wrong. We have said that the woman was promiscuous. That she had many husbands. See? What your well taught you? However, there is apparently no record of a woman in Jesus' day ever being the one to initiate divorce. So according to historians, if a man wanted a woman of lower class, he could bring her into his pre-existing pre marriage as a concubine or a second wife so this was her only means of survival to be somebody second everybody who she had been with only had her as a second nobody chose her as a first Everybody brought her into a pre-existing entanglement, excuse me, pre-existing situation and made her a second. So when Jesus asked her, 
Go call your husband. What he was saying was, I'm telling you, even though you're used to being rejected, I'm not here to reject you. I'm here to offer you something. And I want to talk to everybody in the room who you feel like Jesus don't want you because of your entanglements and because of your stuff. And I want to tell you, contrary to what you've been taught, Jesus wants you to tell the truth so he can get you some help. The woman went on. I'm almost through. Huh? The woman went on. I feel like preaching. The woman went on. She said, obviously, you must be a prophet because there's no way that you can know the stuff that you know. There, there's no way that you could be talking to me like this. There's no, no way you can know this stuff. There's, there's no way. And she goes on and she says, well, usually how we have church and usually what we do. And this is how we do things. And this is what we do. You because know, she goes on with her ritual talk. And that's what a lot of you do. You hide behind your religious conversations and your religious stuff and your religious jargon. That's why a lot of people, it's hard for them to be a growth point because eventually the mask got to come off eventually your drama's got to be dealt with eventually your mess got to be cleaned up because God is calling for truth so, so this woman was, was talking and, and God kept baiting her until she told the truth because he was aiming for her heart not her mouth he was aiming for her heart someone holler out he wants my heart he, he, he kept speaking until he got her heart some of y'all got good words, but you ain't got no heart in it. Some, some of you talk a good game, but you ain't got no heart in it. But I wish I had some hood people in the room who say game recognizes game. I want some ride or die Christians who will say my yay is yay and my no is no. I don't play games. What I say is truth. Uh, uh, uh. So this woman, so this woman started, God kept, kept speaking. Jesus kept speaking to her said you came for one thing uh, but I came for something else uh, so she, he said to her he responded to her once she told him the truth Jesus said the hour is coming and now is uh, where you won't worry about a location uh, but it won't be about the location uh, but it will be about the value of your heart some of y'all think worship is a few singers on the microphone some of you think worship is low lights and CCM music that's not what worship is the word worship means to hold value the word worship means to hold reverence and I want to know is there anybody in the room who holds God in reverence is there anybody in the room who has value to God if you don't know what to have value from look back over your life and think about the things he's brought you through the things that you shouldn't have survived and somebody in the room say I hold him in reverence uh -huh so Jesus said so the woman said one point excuse me this is where the African American preacher must be showing up sorry so all of a sudden Jesus says to her you're looking for somebody who's already looking for you you're looking for somebody who's looking for you and I want to say something to somebody in the room you came looking for Jesus but the only reason you're here is because he's been looking for you you think you're looking for him but he's been looking high and he's been looking low and he's searching everywhere I know you've been under attack but in the midst of your attack what did the prophet say you're covered in the midst of your attack somebody say he's looking for me 
He's looking for me. Uh, let me get out of that. I, I, I made a point that I want to share with you. Is that when you tell your truth, something happens. I, I put, made this point in your thing. That revealed truth introduces relational intimacy. Relational intimacy means uh, it's personal. But you can't get nothing personal if you tell lies. If you really want to have a God encounter or if you really want to have a good friend or you really want to have a good relationship, you're going to have to tell the truth. Because the more truth you reveal, the more intimacy you get. And some of y'all think intimacy is something that has to do with the, 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 the thread count on your sheets. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about intimacy is allow you to have a real dialogue, a, a real face-to-face -face encounter. And I want to know, is there anybody in the room who's ready for a face-to-face -face encounter with God? And if you're ready for a face encounter with God, you're going to have to tell the truth. Truth means I'm tired. Truth is, I'm, I'm all churched out. <laughs> Truth is, options are few. <laughs> Somebody say, take me to the king. I, I'm tired of church. I, I'm tired of routine. Matter of fact, this well serves me no purpose no more. I need something real. Somebody holler out, I need something real. Uh, so let me finish. So let me finish and I'm through. So the last thing is that after Jesus revealed himself to her, and I don't want to skip over this, because if you do an exegesis of scripture, and if you look at all the different patterns in the New Testament, you will not find any other scripture where Jesus revealed himself. Every time Jesus said who he was, he will respond and say, I am what you say I am. Even when he came before Herod, Herod said, you are, he said, that's what you say I am, that's what I am. But to this thirsty woman, Jesus said, if you tell me the truth, I'll tell you who I am. And if you want a real breakthrough, and if you want real healing, and if you want real joy, you're going to have to tell them where it hurts. Tell them what's going on with your mind. Tell them what's going on with your Mondays. Tell them what's going on with your Wednesday. Tell them you want to cut yourself sometimes. Tell them you want to take pills and go to sleep. Y'all don't want to have real church because real, real wells don't talk about stuff like that. Because that's church stuff. But if you're ready to have an intimate encounter with Jesus, you've got to tell the truth. Tell the truth and say, I'm struggling with my identity I don't know if I'm a man or a woman I'm really dealing with it but I'm thirsty somebody say I'm thirsty uh, Jesus revealed himself to her and based on that revelation last point Jesus then draws you he draws you based on your need but then he hooks you based on your desire but then don't miss this but then he grows you based on your devotion. Uh, verse 27, I, I feel Jesus. Verse 27 says, the preachers, I'm sorry, the disciples came back. They marveled that Jesus was talking to a woman who he doesn't normally deal with. Uh, uh, they were used to scripted service. Uh, 
Uh, so they came to him and, and they walked to him and they said, what are you? They didn't say it to him, but they were like, why are you talking to this woman? Uh, but the woman had that time at that point had already dropped her water pot and went back into the town. They missed the whole encounter. The woman came thirsty. She came with a jug to fill her thirst. But the woman left her jug because the jug was empty, but she was full. Musicians, all y'all missed it. The, 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 the jug was empty, but she was full. She came talking about her bills, but she left talking about Jehovah Jireh. She came talking about her sickness, but she left talking about Jehovah Rapha. She came talking about her battles, but she left talking about Jehovah Nisi. Have you ever came with your issue, but left with your answer? If there's anybody in the room who came with your issues, but left with your answer, I want somebody to holler at your boy. Open up your mouth. Give God praise that Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there is no other. Uh, disciples were shocked uh, the disciples were shocked to see him talking to a woman because that's not how it normally went down but based on her encounter with Jesus it created a devotion to say come see a man who showed me things I didn't even know scripture says Based on her devotion. Everybody who hurt, they didn't have an encounter with Jesus. But they had an encounter with her. Your change is its own billboard. Your change is its own post. You don't have to make a post. Your changed life is his own post. They did not meet Jesus, but they met her. And when they came to Jesus, they then said to the woman, now we believe, not based on what you said, but because we've had our own experience. My last thing, and I'm through, I'm through. You don't have to leave your well the same way you came. You might have came here today. I'm through music. You, you might have came here today thirsty. You might have came here today. He drew you. Then he hooked you based on desire. But he wants your devotion. Devotion means your dedication. Not just to Jesus but to take what you got from Jesus and take it to everybody that you encounter. Not say, come here, my pastor. Not come to my church. But can you come meet my well? Come meet the well that will never run dry. You've been looking for people to feel an itch that they can't. You've been looking for people to feel a thirst that they can't. 
But if you come to Jesus, we should sing the song, though millions have come, there's still room for one. Everybody lift your hands all over the room and say, I'm coming to Jesus. There's a song we should sing. I heard uh, the Kojic community, they would say, you won't leave here like you came. In Jesus' name. Bound, oppressed, sick or lame. For the power of the Lord is still the same. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus name come on lift you keep your hands up come on it's a simple song but you won't leave here like you came in Jesus name uh, anybody who received that just lift your hand oppressed bound afflicted sick or lame for the power of the Lord is still the same you won't leave here like you came come on point to yourself I won't leave here like I came if you look around the room just look around the people we won't leave here like we came in Jesus I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at MyGrowthPoint. Until next time, keep growing.